Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The moment we left Earth's atmosphere, I could feel that something was off. Although it seemed like mission start jetters, I couldn't shake the feeling no matter what I did. For some reason, it took five months of voyaging into the dark depths of space before my uneasy feeling was warranted. Our mission was simple, one that had been performed countless times before. It was nothing more than a supply run to our colony on Europa. The colony seemed like an inadequate word for what the nearly ten-year-old society had become. The humble colony base had expanded from its original 100 families set ten years ago. Population had grown as children were born and new families moved from their lives on Earth to the Europa colony. Nearly 6,000 people now called the moon of Jupiter their home. Almost 150 years before I was even born, scientists on Earth had developed such unique terraforming technology that nearly any rocky surface on the galaxy could be altered into a livable area. The machines worked so well that entire planets could sustain life in as little as a year after placing them on the surface. But the colony was fully autonomous, like all the other colonies we had made in the solar system. Certain luxuries were always in high demand from our homeworld. Data chips containing thousands of episodes of new shows or entertainment. Complex snacks and treats that were difficult to make within the colonies. And other various items that the settlement might not have the correct facilities to produce themselves. Our supply drop this time contained mostly exotic foods, which was typical. What wasn't standard was the four crates that were completely void of any markings beyond the symbol for interdimensional travel. The mark seemed confusing and out of place on the crates especially with no context. The manifest made no mention of what they were, and according to our laws and my job description, we could not open them without severe consequences. You can't help but feel insignificant as you sit on the ship, staring out through the window at the vast void of space, the sense of wonder that bumbles up inside you as you ponder what all could be out there. As advanced as we had gotten, and as quickly as we were expanding out into the reaches of space, we still hadn't found any form of foreign life forms. I mean, sure, we had seen some alien bacterians, some small cell clusters of living things, but nothing significant enough to have a central nervous system, let alone a brain. Nothing anywhere near the aliens or monsters once seen in movies and television shows. As I sat there arbitrarily contemplating our existence, the comms in my quarters chimed. The voice of my closest friend and co-worker, Sable, sounded over the speakers. He sounded just as bored as I was. Sadly, working aboard a supply ship's nowhere near as glamorous or exciting as, say, an exploratory vessel or something like that. A lot of our time is spent simply waiting as our ship puts along towards our destination. It's not fair of me to say, the fact that we can make the trip from Earth to Europa in less than a month is stunning. I feel like I've just become jaded from having made this journey back and forth so many times, with little to no excitement in our travels. Hey John, you want to meet down at the mess hall for a drink? Damn Sable, you know just what to say to pull at my heartstrings, I replied. 
His deep bellowing laugh sounded through the speakers before saying, Perfect. See you down there. Sable was a large, melanin-heavy guy. Broad shoulders and what at first glance just appeared to be a thicker frame made up his appearance. However, upon closer inspection, you'd realize that the guy was solid as a brick. Most of his bulk was, in fact, an impressive amount of muscle. How intimidating and almost scary Sable looked in direct contrast to his personality. He'd become my best friend because of his overwhelmingly positive and kind nature. He loved to joke around and laugh as well as had an innate drive to help anyone who needed it. The two of us were general maintenance crew for the ship. We were glorified janitors with the clearance of the first officer. They kept us in the loop for all the goings-on around the ship, which was nice, but if it ever came to the major strategic solutions or anything like that, we were bottom of the barrel as to who they would ask for help. It's a strange feeling when you walk on the ship. Not physically, of course. It just feels like walking. But when you realize the ship is moving around 535,000 miles an hour, it feels surreal. That was our ship's top speed, in fact. I heard a few years ago that science vessels and higher-class ships could reach light speed just as their cruising speed. I also heard that they might have some kind of quantum drive or something that they could form a black hole in the front of a ship, somehow move it around, letting its gravity pull them through space at insane speeds. I mean, these were just rumors. I'm far from an engineer, so I don't know how that would work, or if it's even true. You're going to stand there looking like a sad puppy out the window? You can come in for that drink, Sable said, breaking my gaze into the blackness of space. I'm coming, drunky. Relax, I replied with a smile. As we entered the room and sat down, Sable poured us both a large glass of a wonderfully smooth and expensive bottle of bourbon whiskey, one that he'd picked up on a last trip. Something about the change in gravity or the way that it was terraformed made most alcohol from Titan excellent. Because of this, a lot of the solar system's booze was now distilled on Saturn's moon. There was one other thing about Titan I always enjoyed whenever we made our supply drops. The view of the sky was nothing short of breathtaking. I'm sure that for the people that lived there, it had grown mundane. But for us, seeing Saturn crawl so closely across the sky, mixed with the pink and amber tint the atmosphere created there, always left me in pure amazement. So many random thoughts floated across my mind as the whiskey passed over my lips. Questions and curiosities flowed through my brain as unencumbered as the liquid in my glass moved from glass to stomach. Do you ever wonder what it's like back before the terraformers? You mean back when we were all trapped on Earth? Sable replied. From what I remember in history, it was nothing but wars and fighting over needless problems. What do you mean by needless problems? I asked, putting the two words in half-assed air quotes with my glass hand. It was back when our society was still heavily set on various religions. Massive groups of people fought wars, slaughtered countless people in the belief that it was for whatever god they believed in. The divide amongst the various religions split our entire society completely. Yeah, I remember hearing about that now. That was before we all realized that science would get us further than any of the religions would. Once we realized that, all the nations united, and you know, this is the start of the major technology explosion. I, I remember the history lesson, but you're missing my actual question. What do you think it was like to live back then? Shit, I don't know, man. 
Sounds like it'd be horrible. And could you imagine wasting all that time on politics and crap? Sable replied. I took another warm, smooth sip of my whiskey before answering. And that's not even to mention all the other stupid concerns that we were having back then. What do you mean? Well, you remember people were worried about race, and I was interrupted by the robotic voice of the intercom overhead. Maintenance crew to the bridge. Sable hung his head and shook it before looking at his glass, still half full of the strong whiskey. He gave me a very annoyed look before finishing the glass in one massive gulp. I groaned at the intercom's request, wishing that we had given a few more hours worth of break, but clearly that wasn't the case. What do you think it is this time? Sable asked as we stood at the table. I don't know. We probably forgot how to adjust the big comfy chairs again or something. Sable laughed as I finished the rest of my drink, and we made our way to the bridge. Freighters were, by no stretch of the imagination, small ships. However, the distance from the mess hall to the bridge was at least a 10-15 to 15 minute walk, and based on previous experience of why they needed us on the bridge, we were in no rush. Hey, I was just thinking, I started as we walked along the primary vacant hallways. How long have we been traveling? We should be near Europa, shouldn't we? I wonder if there's something wrong with the equipment, as they run through the final approach checklist. Yeah, I guess we should be getting pretty close, shouldn't we? Well, if that's the case, it would be the first thing to make this trip even remotely interesting. Sable shot me a joking smile before continuing. If that is why they need us down there, maybe we should pick up our pace. Sable and I quite enjoy our jobs. They've been working together as a team for longer than I care to mention. But as much as we love it, we also love to complain about it. I've always thought that playful teasing usually means you like it. Just like little kids on a playground. With that in mind, Sable and I tend to fill our day with a plethora of jokingly talking shit about our work and the people that we worked with. In reality, I wouldn't trade my job for anything. It fits my personality quite well, and I think the same goes for Sable. Although I couldn't read his mind or anything, so it's just an assumption. Either way, without another word, we both picked up our pace to just under a jog. When we reached the bridge, it was obvious that something a little more serious was going on. People were running around frantically, shouting questions about what they saw or read. The main screen showed nothing but a glitching picture scrambled with heavy amounts of static. I stood there just taking in all I saw as my brain screamed in my head, asking what we had just walked into. Sable placed his hand on my shoulder, causing me to look over at him before he spoke. Let's find out what they need us up here for. I simply nodded in response before stopping one of the navigation officers. Hey, what's your name? What's going on up here? The man looked dumbfounded that I didn't know what was happening, but quickly regained his composure and answered me. Uh, my name is Tanik, and as far as what's going on, I think you need to ask the captain. All I know is we got a weird message, and then I think that the communication array went out. It's been frantic up here ever since. With the last comment, Tanik hurried off to another side of the bridge and stared at screens to do whatever it is he did. I shot Sable a weird but slightly confused look, which he returned. We both knew that if the navigation officer was correct and the comm array was damaged, we would have to suit up and work outside the ship. I hated working outside the ship. Especially while we were moving. I'd only had to do it a handful of times, but although you and your tools and equipment are all moving through space at the same speed, the danger factor ramps up tenfold. On the other hand, I knew that we still had at least a day or so before we would be slowing down and starting an orbit around the moon. That meant that if we needed to repair anything outside the ship, it would need to be done now, and we'd still be moving while we worked. 
Since Sable is in no way hesitant to solve any problems, he just yelled out over the noise of everyone else talking. Hey Cap, what's the problem? What do you need us for? Captain Alex Dreyer had been captain of the freighter for longer than Sable and I had been assigned. He'd always been a fantastic captain, especially for putting up with our crap all these years. We had become relatively close because of this. It was odd to see his callous and rude reaction to Sable's question. The fuck do you think is wrong? Look around you. Our comms are down. We just received a cryptic transmission from Europa's surface. So get your asses outside. Get our ears back up. Sable and I simply nodded before turning around and walking towards the nearest airlock. I had a strange feeling that there was far more to what happened to bring the comms down. Nobody seemed to act like there was any sort of impact with anything. And we looked to be the only ship in the area. Those were the only two options in my head that would account for the array to drop as suddenly as they say it did. I could see the smoke, blurted Sable. You, what? Where? I mean, from your ears. It clearly focused hard on a thought. What is it? Oh, uh, right. Man, do you think something else is going on? I started. There was something about the way the cap was talking that has me curious. Do you get that vibe from him, too? I suppose, a little. Right now we need to fix this thing so that we can see what's going on, which means starting by getting out there, seeing how bad the damage is. It's pretty jarring the first time you ever step outside a spacecraft moving at hundreds of thousands of miles per hour through space. For some reason, you always expect to be hit by wind rushing past or extreme resistance. Over the reality is there's no friction, no resistance. You're already moving at the same speed as the ship, making it much more like swimming in a calm lake or pond than anything else. The real risk is the thought that if you were to get tagged by even the smallest pebble floating through the void at that speed, it'd be the equivalent of taking a light-speed rocket directly to your chest. Luckily, the ship's shields deflect anything like that with ease, and still... It remains a terrifying thought. Not only tied to each other, but also to the ship itself, we moved carefully along the hull towards the communications array. The trip wasn't far, but the caution we took, I'm sure, made our inspection take longer than the captain would have wanted. Hey, John, come check this out, Cable spoke into the radio. As I rounded the corner and stepped into the backside of the array, I immediately knew what he was trying to show me. A cover panel was dented and damaged, leaving a significant gap in the metal. In the opening that had been made, I could see that several wires had been severed and a small circuit board was smashed. The hell? How is that possible that we even got hit by anything? Not only are the shields up, it's on the backside of the array, I said bewildered. Which means that it had to have been going the same direction as us much faster than us, and slipped past the shields, Sable responded. But that's crazy, right? I mean, the odds of that happening would be so incredibly low, right? Yeah. I'd be like winning the lottery while being struck by lightning on a cloudless day. I'd be like taking a... Before I could keep going, the captain's voice passed through the radio. Have you two figured that out yet? We need that fixed immediately. Our communication and navigation systems are down until you can get that fixed. We're running blind right now, so you better have some good news for me. Before I answered, I looked closer into the hole in the panel. Then, reaching inside, I gripped an object that rendered me speechless. As I pulled it out and held it up for Sable to see, he began to speak for me. Oh, uh, Captain, 
Uh, somehow we got hit by a stone about the size of a golf ball. Are you fucking with me, Sable? Because I advise you to know this is far from a good time to be fucking with me. Especially if you don't want to be left on Europa and relieved of your job. No, sir. I wish I could explain how it happened, but John just fished the stone out of one of the rear compartments. He's holding it up in front of me right now. How quickly can you fix it? We could probably have it back up in an hour as long as there isn't damage deeper in. Suddenly, some of the ionic lightning crackled around us, interrupting Sable. It crackled and popped just above the ship's hull for a few seconds, as we stared blankly at it in wonder. Static screamed louder over the radios, hurting our ears, doubling over and holding our helmets in a pointless attempt to quiet the screeching from the radio. I screamed from the pain. Sparks and burns formed at our feet as two small objects flew from the strange orb of electricity just as quickly as it appeared. The radio fell silent and the sphere of lightning vanished. After regaining my composure, I looked at the hull near my feet. There were two slimy spikes that looked to be made of some foreign type of rock lodged into the steel. Just in front of my eyes, the slime slid from the spikes. It found itself and disappeared into the ship through the same holes the spikes made. Sable and I shot each other a frightened look before I started calling out over the radio. Captain Dreyer, we have a situation. I don't know how to describe what just happened, but I think something got into the ship. Captain. Captain, can you hear me? What in the Sam Hill you're talking about, John? What do you mean something got in the ship? The captain snarled. Actually, never mind. Just get the fucking comms back on now. But, Captain, don't give me that shit. Just get it done, John. I just shook my head. Maybe I imagined it. After all, the alcohol we drank earlier was highly potent. Uh, yes, Captain. We'll get it done as soon as possible. I feel like Sable must have had a similar train of thought running through his mind, because as the thoughts raced through my head, we worked in complete silence to return the communications array to working order. After nearly 30 minutes, Sable finally broke the silence. Okay, I'm with you, John. Something more has to be going on. You're right. Captain's clearly on edge about something. Plus, what was that storm? I've never seen anything like that, have you? Dude, I thought I was insane seeing that. You saw it too, right? What happened? What was that? I responded. I have no idea. And even more so. I have no idea how to describe what we saw to Cab. As we finished our repairs, we grabbed the stone spikes and the rock lodged inside the hole in the array. It was the only thing we could think of to prove our story. Unfortunately, being a freighter, the ship didn't have any form of science officer. The closest thing that we had was simply a medical officer. He was pretty nice if we got injured, but explaining what we had encountered outside the ship was not exactly in their area of expertise. Returning to the bridge, I expected some sort of good job, guys. We have communications back up. However, it was overshadowed by the chaos being transmitted over the speakers. Glitched and grainy video appeared on the main screen, while shouts and screams erupted over the comms. In the background, you could hear a voice chanting in some archaic language, one I'd never heard before. Leandra, can you hear me? This is Captain Alex Dreyer of the freighter-class ship Luxtrus. Please respond. What's happening on the surface? The captain continued repeating that same script, trying to get the colony's governor, Leandra, to respond with something that made any form of sense. The first officer, a 20-something-year-old man named Cody Nichols, kept calling out various commands and requests for information to the crew. 
We need to get to the surface as soon as possible. What's our status? Uh, we've already begun our approach to the moon, sir. We'll be in orbit and be able to send out the landers in 18 hours, the navigation officer said. Make sure the landers are prepared and ready to depart as soon as possible. I don't know what's going on down there, but they clearly need our help, Officer Nichols called out over the comms of the shuttle bay. After a few more attempts by the captain to get a coherent response, the link cut out completely. The captain instantly looked over at Sable and me before speaking to the other crew members on the bridge. Did the array just fail again? Come on, people. We are in a situation here. I need to know what's going on. I thought you two fixed it. Before I could speak, the communications officer answered his question. No, sir. Our array is working just fine. Unfortunately, Europa cut the connection on their end. All attempts at getting them back are going ignored. I looked at Sable and could hardly imagine my expression, knowing that my body and mind were filled and racing. Racing with so many different emotions like confusion, terror from what it sounded like over the transmission, but also equal parts anxiety and intrigue. Move, you two! Captain shouted, pulling me from my trance. Sable grabbed my arm, and the two of us left to prep the landing vehicles. Hey there kids, it's me, Mr. Creepypasta, and I just wanted to tell you thank you for watching tonight's video, or listening to tonight's episode of the podcast, and as always, I want to give a very big thank you to everybody who supports me on Patreon. If you scroll down to the description at the very bottom, you'll find a whole bunch of people there. Also, we've included this nice little scrolling thing, because the number of people who support me on Patreon has gotten so big that I'm afraid it might actually max out the description. So we've, we've included this here as the little scrolling text on the end screens. So everybody on that scrolling text, everybody I'm about to mention right now and mispronounce all of your names and everybody who can donate even $1. Thank you so much. A very big thank you to Jordan Alexander Sanchez, Stephanie Butler, Reaper61167, Bobby Carmen, Tristan Pelton, Chance Burnett, Diana Krause, Dickie McQuickie, Sam High, Crusader Chocobo, Spooky Shell, Adam Maros, Grand Moth the Milky, Big Smoke 369, Captain Scurvy, Salty Irish Poet, Esteban, Raiden Morris, Nate Cull, Horror Fan 1212, Hour Minute Second Time, Kyle Resnack, David Martin, Scarrington the Unkempt, Robert Malcolm, Angelus, Spanky, Snoochie Boochie, Seclude, Lupita Galvin, That Creepy Chick, Tyler Fletcher, Merxenum, Red Shadow Cat, Xavier the Cheyenne, Demix, Sean Catabaker, Six Gay Rats in a Trench Coat, Turtle Man, Rob Like Sharp Things, Cryolinian, Xavier Graphius, Lord Life's Best, Goring Tramagasy, Maria Walker, Emily Mitchell, Crazy Kid, Mr. Marcus Blitz, Dirt Diver. Matt Bach, Voice of Sand, Coffee Zombie, Hidden Tiger, Shelly J, Jeremy H, Psychomel, Nana, The Leader Account, Melted Lake, Tally Sue, William King, Darth Miver, Michael Ortiz, Satanic Aries, Bardo Hawk 764, Lambda M98, Harley, Sashi Sazaku, Cronut 509, Kaylee Ambrose, Suji Campbell, Stricken, Freddy Krueger, Happy Birthday, Jason Wilson, Lisa Cottrell, Caspian, Hades Nephew, Tater Chip, Acid System, Prozac and Pancake Appreciation Society, Benjamin Welverick, Cryptic Nightmares, Kiri the Sloth, Fester's Lampshade, Sky Harbor, Nico Kyle, Raphael Rodriguez, The Ginger Bros, Aaron Stormcrow, Daniel Polson, and Corey Kenshin. As always, Thank you guys so, so much because you guys help me do everything that I do here. You guys help pay authors for stories and commission stories and do everything that I can do to make this channel and make this podcast the best it could possibly be. So thank you all for supporting me here. And as always, everyone, sweet dreams. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.